Greetings from the island of Abaco here in the Bahamas. The Bahamas is known for its beautiful turquoise waters and white sand beaches that bring many people from around the world to vacation. But just over a year ago, Hurricane Dorian brought winds above 185 miles per hour and it turned those beautiful waters into a destructive monster. The, the fierce winds and floodwaters that were up to 20 feet high left behind unimaginable destruction. Most buildings and homes were significantly damaged. Many were leveled to the ground. Almost all the electrical poles were down and the water supply system was destroyed. And hundreds, if not thousands of lives were lost to that storm. But Abaconians, they're a loyal and resilient people. With the help of international aid organizations, cleanup began rather quickly. By January, real signs of progress in the cleanup and even baby steps towards rebuilding were being made. But it would be a long and difficult, challenging struggle ahead. Then came COVID-19. Aid organizations pulled out. Groups that were planning to come to help with the recovery canceled their trips. Finances that were promised for the recovery dried up. Progress slowed to a crawl. As you drive around our communities one year later, you will see homes that are still in need of extensive repairs. Many businesses are still in ruin and many churches remain unusable. There is still a very, very long way to go for our communities. And for most who did not have hurricane insurance, they just can't manage the, the repairs to their homes. And tents and domes are the only homes many people know. Unemployment is very high. Our people need encouragement. They need help. Of course, funds to help these hurting people is critical, but we also need teams of volunteers who can help provide labor for those who are able to afford to get the materials they need for repairs. Please pray for Abaco. Pray for the people of Abaco. And would you pray about giving or coming to help? People who lost everything need people like you who can give something. Hurting people need your helping hands. Good morning. What a blessing it is to be here uh, amongst uh, many friends and family and uh, just to be back uh, here um, in a church that uh, we were a part of for, for many years. Um, you may wonder why I didn't update that video that was done now nine months ago. And the reason is because when I looked at it again, I thought about updating, I said, not much has changed. Not much has changed. 20 months, 21 months now after Dorian, some people are asking, why are you still talking about it? 20, I mean, that's, that was in 2019. Why are you still talking about it? Because it is still very very real for us. It is still a community that is devastated, honestly, genuinely devastated, and, and still needing significant 
recovery. Let me just share with you a little bit about the progress in rebuilding in the last 21 months. As far as the population goes, we are now probably somewhere around 60% of the population returned um, to Abaco. But um, it, it looks like it's, it's swelled more than that because we have probably as estimated about 2,000 that have come in from Nassau, from other islands, um, and even from the states uh, to do construction. So these are temporary workers that are there, construction companies that, are, that have come in, and we have a lot more immigrants um, on the island, a lot more um, immigrants on the island than we used to have. Um, the infrastructure has progressed. Um, electricity has been provided to the poles in all the areas. And so some people think that Abaco's power is fully restored, and I think that's even been out there stated publicly. That is not true. Um, the power has been restored to the poles only. And there are many, many homes and businesses that are not at the place where they can get reconnected to BPL, our church being one of them. And so there's that big challenge um, of many, many people that are still living off of generators or with no power at all. Water is also intermittent. Um, in town and in the areas, the communities around town, that people will go um, sometimes hours, sometimes days without water or with very, very low um, water pressure. Businesses on the island are coming back slowly, but even, even what you saw on that island, I think all the buildings that you saw, the business buildings in, in that video, none of them have been fully restored, not one. Um, in fact, only 26% of the commercial properties are fully rebuilt, only 26%, okay? Um, it's not the way a lot of people think it is. Only 37% of the businesses have reopened, and many of them have reopened, but only on a small scale, and they're not able to do what they used to do. Housing is even worse. Um, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to drive through some of the communities. And, and it's rich, it's poor, it's, it's the, the, the impoverished um, people. Uh, everyone was struck, and you'll see homes still completely destroyed in every community, homes that are, that are partially restored, and people shouldn't be living in them, but they are because there's nowhere else to go. Um, people returning to the island with nowhere to live, many people still, even nine months after that video, are still living in tents, and thousands of people probably living in those 300-square-foot domes. Um, and, and so it's very difficult living for many people. Schools are still challenged. Um, elementary schools are coming along, and for this fall, it looks pretty good for elementary students, uh, but as far as high school students, uh, we still um, are in a very bad place in terms of high school students being educated on the island. And um, with COVID, that's added to that problem um, that, that Dorian brought to us. Um, but with COVID now, you, you we're doing a lot of online learning, but we have many who can't afford devices for that and many who can't afford the um, data packages to do that. So we have many kids, um, good parents, you know, and I see their kids and I say, what, what, what are you doing with your kids for school? Nothing. Some kids, many, many, two years without any education and children losing their childhood education through this. Churches also um, continue to be devastated. Uh, pretty much every church, I think I, think I have to could say, every church on the island was hit hard um, by Dorian, except for one. 
and um, many are torn down um, and many still trying to recover. We still have, after 21 months, we still have a very, very long way to go. And there are new challenges. Um, after Dorian, with new people coming in, we've had an incredible uptick in crime. We've have a, we have a lot more burglaries and thefts taking place. Um, people's generators that they're relying on being stolen, even while they're running and they're in the house, they're being stolen and things like that. The church has been broken into and robbed three times. And, and that's just a constant thing. But then also violent crime is on the rise significantly with a lot of stabbings and murders and so forth that Abaco never knew before, never experienced before. And so that's an added trauma to the people who are already, you know, enduring and trying to recover from and work through uh, ongoing trauma. And then we got so many people, because 85% of the people uh, did not have hurricane insurance, we have all these people who are struggling to rebuild with very, very limited finances and increased costs in building. And then you know the lumber prices and other supply prices have gone up significantly. And so people are not able to rebuild their homes. Those who are trying to rebuild have the continual struggle of supplies being limited. And sometimes there being, for example, no joint compound on the island uh, at this time. And the prospect is it could be a couple of months. Yeah. Poverty is just rampant in, in Abaco and people struggling, people Many people piling into small homes, and, and somebody said to me this week, got as many as 10 people you know, trying to cram into one small little apartment. But, but, but with all of that, the, the financial struggles, the material struggles, is the people. What really matters, what, what matters most is the people. And we have a people now who are hurting deeply. Many people who are struggling with PTSD and the, the trauma uh, ongoing. Yes, 20 months, 21 months later, the wind blows. We know it. We know it. We feel it. We have people who, who, who have traumatic experiences when we get a little bit of a squall or a little bit of an extra wind and so forth. Why? Because it was terrifying. Because it was like the whole island, central part of Abaco, was just bombed and flattened. And people going from home to home. This home's destroyed. We go to a next home. We go to the primary school. The primary school is destroyed. We go here. And, and it was just hours and hours of people just trying to, to, to save their lives and seeing loved ones yanked out of their arms and swept away to sea. And yes, thousands of people dead. That's the, that's the part that's not reported. That's the part that won't be reported. But the, the reality is thousands of people were lost in Dorian. Our way of life is gone. My wife illustrated it so perfectly. You know, you, you have a fire in your home. You lose your possessions. You still have your family. You still have your friends. You still have your church. You still have your job. And so maybe one peg on your, your stool came off, but you can still manage with the other three. But for the people of Abaco, in the midst of Dorian and in the aftermath of Dorian, they lost their homes and, and, and pretty much every possession. Most people survived only with a few clothes, just a few, and, and, and none of their possessions. They lost family and friends. You say, yes, some people lost them physically, they died, but then pretty much Everyone in Abaco lost family and friends because of being relocated 
and not coming back. And so, so there's so many people that we love and care about that we're separated from. Um, in terms of our church, our, our churches are no more. They're not the same as they were. And even though we're rebuilding and we're, re, we're meeting and so forth, the church is not the same as it was. And so church life was altered. And jobs. Most people lost their jobs. There were no jobs. There was no work. There was no business. There was nothing after Dorian. And even still, you know, some people are getting back to their old jobs, but still many people. Life is just so radically, radically different. Imagine, imagine losing it all. All your possessions, separated from the family and friends you love, maybe not all of them, but several of them. Your job, your church, it's totally different. And so, so people are hurting deeply and they're hurting spiritually. They're tired, they're physically tired, they're worn out from the constant struggle to try and move forward and, and being hampered along the way and, and the added stress of COVID doing that. And there's discouragement, discouragement, people struggling to maintain the faith. Ministry-wise, for our church, New Vision Ministries, um, we're deeply challenged. Uh, it was only in February that we were able to get an interior wall replaced after our roof was replaced after, after a year, and then the exterior part of a wall that was basically destroyed um, in February this year. Then just in the last few weeks, we were going to get the inside of the wall done, but we don't have power yet. We're not at the point in repairs that we can have power. So we're running off a generator, and we're very limited, and so it's hindering our ministry. Um, in terms of our facilities, we can't use our classrooms, and so... We're hurting um, with fellowship. You know, and COVID adds to that, right? You know, you can't hug, you can't get together the same way, and that hurts. And not being able to have our small groups, it hurts in terms of, of people growing and interacting and helping each other grow in Christ. We're hurting because we don't have the classrooms for our children's ministries, and, and we don't have that ability to, to properly disciple our children the way God wants us to, and, our, and the youth ministries as well are hindered because of, of not just Dorian, because Dorian's really not the issue. It's, it's uh, I'm not sorry, not COVID is not the issue, it's Dorian. And it's the lack of facilities and the ability to do that. So we want to encourage you. What can you do? Pray. Pray, 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 pray. Pray for us, please. Pray for the people of Abaco. And, and try to identify with their pain. I mean, just try and put yourself in the shoes of losing all of that that I talked about. Give. You know, there are people that, you know, just, just need some help to get over the top, to rebuild their home. And then I, I want to encourage you to act. Do something. Come. Come. Get some people together. Say, let's go up to Abaco for the weekend and let's see what we can do. Give me a call and we'll help you help others. Thank you. I'd love to see you after service outside. We can't congregate inside, but outside, love to answer your questions after service.